0: Your body and your mind is telling you, like, something has to change. It has to, yeah. Something has to change. And obviously, I know exactly what it is. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to SOS, a live call-in help show with me, your host, Sonia Rasula, founder of Unique Markets. Each week, I answer some of the most pressing questions from entrepreneurs, small business owners and creatives. So get ready for real talk and tangible advice as I answer questions from business owners around the world. Plus, this season, you can watch each episode on YouTube, where you'll be able to see me break down guests' websites, branding, social media, and more. And it's all live. Hashtag awkward. The reason this podcast exists is because the fact is most businesses will not make it to five years. I've had multiple businesses for over a decade now, and I really want to make sure that you have long-term success. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. So tune in weekly as I help business owners face their sh. Don't listen to the hype. You do not have to be a starving artist. Today's guest, Whitney Manny, is an incredible fashion designer and artist. She sells everything on her website, all handmade and designed by her, from jackets to scarves to fanny packs, which are my personal favorite. However, there are so many products on her website, it's very confusing and hard to navigate. With all of this, in 2020, she actually grew her business. Hashtag thanks COVID. However, I think she should be selling even more and can be selling more. So tune in for tips on how to better design your homepage, how to create navigation that truly helps shoppers and increases your sales, how to write better product copy, how to create your personal story on your website that draws people in and really tells them more about you and shows off why you are unique. And I'm going to talk to her a lot about how to stop thinking small in order to grow big. Hello, Whitney. I'm so glad that you are joining us here today on SOS. I would love for you to introduce yourself and kind of give us the elevator pitch on what you do and your background.
1: Hey, Sonia, I'm so glad to be here today. My name is Whitney Manny. I am a fashion and textile designer based in Kansas City, Missouri. I design textiles and garments that are inspired by the aesthetics of street art into ready-to-wear garments and accessories. So through each piece, I challenge the wearer to wear their statement.
0: I love that. I also... Really love and appreciate your setup because I feel like audiences, if they are watching this on YouTube, are going to be able to get a sense of your kind of playfulness with color, pattern, textiles, all of that great stuff. If they are listening to us on the podcast, they are missing your amazing heart-shaped glasses. (laughs) I love it. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. I loved reading about your work. And about kind of the passion behind your work, which I think is really important to talk about. And I'm ready to help and excited to help you. So why did you start the business? Well, really, I started sewing
1: when I was 13 and I taught myself how to, and I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. My family has always owned businesses of some sort, and so I really grew up around that. For me, I knew I was going to be a creative of some sort. And honestly, had I not been a fashion designer, I was thinking more a journalism side of fashion. Mm-hmm. And so I was really on my way to do that. And I said, well, if my portfolio gets accepted to art school, that must mean I should go. And so I went through that. And really, my first class within my major's studio, they asked us to introduce ourselves and what we plan on doing. And I was like, my name is Whitney. and I'm inspired by Donatella Versace, Betsy Betsy Johnson, and Lee Simmons. And I'm going to have a Barbie made like me one day. And that was just it. And I just knew I wanted to create a business based around the fashion that I knew and understood and grew up loving. And I, I wanted to have like some real fly clothes that wasn't necessarily couture, but wasn't necessarily off the rack. So what does that middle ground look like?
0: Yeah, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, okay. So you went to school, you started sewing, and you started making and you turned it into a business. The big question that I have is so you've been doing this for a number of years now, and you know, you are making money, you're selling, but it seems like you do some other things as well. So is this your full-time thing or do you have side hustles as well? You know,
1: I wouldn't say I struggle with that question, but it is a big question because I feel like there's this greater umbrella of WM and there's so many kind of like streams within there. I feel like there is the Whitney Manning, the fashion designer that has the collections and the product lines, blah, blah, blah. but there's also the, I I don't know why, but there has turned into the commercial aspect of me as the mm-hmm. artist, but I in a weird way i don't feel that those two things are terribly separate i don't think one would work without the other yeah got
0: it totally i know exactly what you're talking about cuz i you know i have the same way i have the business which is the you know original revenue stream and then as you become an expert or a leader or a figure then you have the income stream over here of speaking gigs or being, you know, featured in a commercial or a campaign and things like that. Right. So that is very cool that you have those two things. And I do think that they, they complement each other, obviously. So what's interesting though, is that, so when you are featured in campaigns and it's kind of you and your personality, are those opportunities coming to you? Yes. Right. So you're not like actively searching them out. No. (laughs) Okay. Great. Because then it's not taking up any of your time other than when you take part. Okay, good. So really your business is your full-time gig. I want to dig into your main business then, which is your line. And so... I would love to know what your, like, what is your number one question? I know what it is, but I'd love for you to let our listeners know.
1: (laughs) For me right now, and of course, with us being in the pandemic era, I was incredibly surprised (laughs) with the growth that I saw last year and really even within the first quarter of this year. And I guess my training has been in the fine art world. And so in that world, you are told you must live and die by your work, basically. You know what I'm saying? So you have to be so super hands-on with everything. I am getting to the point, though, where I am noticing where there's points for me to expand, to increase revenue in certain areas, but I am still holding on to everything, me, myself, and I. And that's not healthy, honestly. (laughs) It's not healthy for me as a person me creatively or just my business growth. And so I'm trying to figure out how can I maintain the integrity, my artistic integrity while still being able to branch
0: out and also ha- get help. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big question. And that's it that is a big question that pretty much everyone on earth has. There are people who start small businesses that are not creative, but Most of the people that I talk to and most of the people that are in my world are creative. And so they all struggle with this exact same thing that you're struggling with, which is like artistry and then entrepreneurship. And they go hand in hand, but the problem is for pretty much ever... The world has said that if you are an artist, you're supposed to struggle. Like there is this strange thing where it's like, we've been taught that, you know, the starving artist is like an archetype. And I think too many generations have like bought into that archetype. Mm -hmm. When people become successful or famous or start making money, a lot of people start hating on those people, which I think is a terrible, like society needs to change that so that artists can actually support themselves and feel good about it and also share their art with as many people as possible. Like, why wouldn't you want to do that, right? So you already know that you're standing at the point where either it's like fight or flight and your body and your mind is telling you, like, something has to change.
1: It has to, yeah.
0: Something has to change. And obviously I know exactly what it is. So you, in order to scale... Mm -hmm. You need help and you can't do everything yourself. Right. So while your art, design, and the vision that you put into your items and your line, while that still remains, you don't have to be the person cutting and sewing, ironing, packaging, shipping. Yeah. Because right now it's all you, right? Yes, pretty much. You are stuck right now because you're only one person. So you can't output more, allowing you to sell more. And the thing that keeps you from doing that is having to spend money. This is like, this is the number one thing that all small business owners, designers, artists, everyone goes through this because it's super scary to suddenly say goodbye to, let's say, $20,000, right? Because you've hired someone to help you produce. However, with someone else helping you produce, you are then freed up to sell more, put more time and attention into tweaking the website, being more of the face that is out there, spreading the word about the brand. You might have more time to contact press, to try to get more placement in magazines. So like the world opens up when you get help, but... That first decision to hire and spend money on someone is the hardest decision you'll ever make. But I guarantee you, once you do it, like within weeks, you'll be like, why did I not do this before? Right. Entrepreneurs, when they're at this point, when they're standing on the edge of the cliff, what's in your head is like probably that it's like a full-time person or it's like what you see in the media and what you see on Instagram. No, This person could just come in every time you need a pattern made. They don't need to even be part time. You know, they are a freelance person who's coming in as needed. So think about that because I think that will help you psychologically and emotionally, like, welcome it. (laughs) I think that's what I've been struggling with because I'm like, when you
1: think of hiring people, I'm automatically thinking, okay, that's somebody relying on me for their income. Mm -hmm. And that's what scares me because for some things I'm like, I don't necessarily need somebody in here with me every day. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing I've been struggling with. Like, is it good enough to kind of just have help in those certain areas a few times a month or
0: yes. will I see yes. growth from that? Yes, you absolutely will. And then I bet you, cause it's baby steps. I bet that when you do that, you are now going to then be like, oh, now I could have someone help me with social media seven or, you know, eight hours a week. One day a week, someone's going to come in and just like cue everything I'm up, take photos of me, take photos of, you know, like there are ways that you can get help in small ways, but that will vastly help you. I mean, you're running a business, you can't do everything. So with that said, let's take a look at your website. This website's great because... You already have great, beautiful, bright, professional photography. And that's something that most websites don't have, honestly. A a lot of the small businesses that I visit and that, you know, we talk with and help here on SOS, Mm -hmm. they don't have photography that like stands out at all. So like already your homepage is great because like I visit whitneymanny.com and boom, There you are. It's super colorful and it's a beautiful, bright image. So I love that already. My question here really is about like e-commerce, because at the end of the day, this is how you make your money. (laughs) Right. And how you make your sales. And so is everything here on the homepage, or no? If I go to shop, there's like there's probably more stuff. Yep. And it also kind of like, I'm
1: kind of to the point where I'm like, some stuff needs to maybe be phased out. Yep. <laughs> Last year, I will say this. So for 2020, before then, most of my sales, a huge portion of my sales were in person. Yes. Now I always had e-commerce there and always had it ready <laughs> So thankfully, when, you know, everything shut down, I was already ready to pivot. And so now has been my biggest, like, I have never experienced so much online sales. Amazing. Which is great. Yeah. And so I think it's one of those things where I'm kind of like not tumbling because the the framework is there. It's just finishing to like make it super cute. Right. (laughs)
0: Okay, so I have a question for you because anyone who's watching along on YouTube can see what I'm doing. For everyone who's listening to this podcast as a traditional podcast, her website is very plentiful. I will say that (laughs) that's the word I'm going to use. It is jam-packed with a lot of stuff, and this is the point in the conversation where I address the... Artist versus the entrepreneur. Because I can tell that you are absolutely an artist. That is what, that is who you are. Mm -hmm. But now that you are wearing the hat of entrepreneur, business owner, you need to sell more because you need to sustain yourself. (laughs) You need to get paid. That is the bottom line. And instantly when I go to your website, what appears, and so I'm going to give you some quick feedback, and you already said that you thought you should start phasing stuff out, so you already know in your gut some of the stuff that you have to do. So when I click Shop WM, Mm -hmm. it does have this bar that's like ready to ship, accessories, bottoms, loungewear, one-of-a-kind, outerwear, scarves, space, tops, merch, workshops, Mm -hmm. there's so much. Okay. So it's hard for the consumer. The average shopper is coming to your website and they're like overwhelmed. So what we need to do and this shop, dip, I'm going to click bottoms and see what happens. So when I click bottoms, that takes me to a whole new page, which is great because that's what it should do. Okay. But then you've got like jumper, leggings, shorts, skirt. It, like there's almost like you've got like... Navigation on navigation on navigation on navigation. And when I clicked shorts, it's just an empty page. Yes. So here's the thing: you're not TopShop, you're not J. Crew, you're not, you aren't a company that has thousands of SKUs. Right. So you need to think about tightening up and making your website more minimal. Because what ends up happening, like what I just did, a shopper is interested. They're like, oh, I love this person's look. I like what she's doing. I heard about her from a friend. They go to your website. They hit a page. And then they're like, oh, I wonder what shorts. I see shorts. They go and it's empty. And instantly what that says is either it was a mistake or that like, She just doesn't have anything. And then the reaction to that on average, someone's going to be like, oh, I don't know. This isn't like very professional. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So what you need to do is if someone's on the main navigation and they click, they see that you have all of these different options and they click bottoms. And even when they go to bottoms, there is then all the different types of bottoms offered. No, you are literally one human being. (laughs) You have to just... Have you know bottoms, and forget the sub navigation of leggings, ready to ship shorts, skirt, whatever bottoms are available are on the bottoms page. If you don't see it, it's not available. That you you've got to do that immediately because imagine how many times people are coming to your website and then they're frustrated because they're like, well, I don't wear skirts, I want shorts, and I can see that she has shorts available. No, they're just going to get all of your bottoms. Then they're going to see what they see. Simple as that. You don't need to play larger, like being a department store or like a brand, you know, a brand that I mentioned, because you're not. You are Whitney. You're one person. <laughs> right. And then the other thing is, so you've got Print, which is all of your prints. But, and that's where the whole phasing out came in. Okay. So what, what I'm hearing... <laughs> What I'm hearing is that you have a lot and you know it intimately, but the average person who's discovering your website or landing on your website does not. They're coming from the place of zero knowledge, right? Your job as a designer, when they arrive on your website or your Instagram, your job is to connect with people, and you're not going to connect with everyone, right? But your job is to connect with the people that see, believe, and love your vision and your style. And marketing comes into this because, like, again, it's like you have to help them love you through story and through your personality, because hopefully this doesn't sound too strange, but people don't care... Like at the end of the day, Whitney, people don't care what grade of fabric it is necessarily. If it's a print, they don't even care about the price point. It has been proven over and over again. People buy products because of the why, not because of the what. And the why is you. When you just gave me that description there, I was thinking, okay, so... You know that you do stuff for holidays. You know that you have maybe a less expensive product line sometimes, not all the time. But this is very confusing to a customer because they have no idea. So when I clicked on shop with print, again, it came to a page that's dead. Right. Right? So it's like my advice to you right now is get rid of that entire section. Just get rid of it because it looks worse to come to a website and discover someone, but then notice that like pages are just empty mm-hmm. as opposed to seeing pages that are plentiful, colorful, exciting. So if you only have some products at certain times of the year, great. Add them to the store then, but there's no need for like this whole other section. hmm earlier it was when
1: i mean this was probably a few years ago when i was working with few business coaches locally and they come from i would say not necessarily really creative or art based businesses like backgrounds mm-hmm. so they were like well it's really confusing if you have this like $300 dress and then there's this 20 you know 25 or dollar or whatever t-shirt next to it like i'm going to if i'm shopping i'm going to feel like really confused by that varying price. Yep. Cause they're like, yeah, this feels like it should be like a diffusion line or whatever. Um, and I was like, totally. Okay. I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, and so I guess that was what kind of prompted me to kind of think about what does that look like? And yeah. should I take out everything that's in that lower price range and shift it over to this other kind
0: of thing? Yeah. Well, so the strategy behind that makes sense, but I'm going to throw this out there. And and you did say it was a few years ago. Yeah. The way that people shop is very different from three years ago. And the way that people shop because of 2020 is very different. So that's one element that has now entered the conversation, Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is, like, what's a brand that you love? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh. It's like when people ask you, like, what's your favorite movie? And you're like, uh, I mean, I guess, okay, Nike just popped in my brain. Boom. Okay, great. Fantastic. So I guarantee you, you can go on to Nike right now. Uh Uh-huh. And potentially find a $250 pair of shoes. And you can also buy a pair of $7 socks. Right. So the thing is, as an artist, as someone who's putting a little bit more love and you are doing made to order. Right. As someone who does that, yes, people need to understand why they're paying more for that. Because you are hand-making everything, every little element that goes into the act of creating, let's just say, this jacket. Uh It's you, and it's made with love and quality and attention. Very different from buying something that has been made abroad. Right? Very different. So you can communicate that, though, when describing, like, this jacket is $180, it's made to order, you know, please allow 5 to 10 days for business production. Here's my advice to you. Uh Uh-huh. For the items that you make that are, and again, price is subjective. Some people think $180 is reasonable. Others may think that's expensive. It's your job to make them want to buy it. It doesn't matter whether they think it's inexpensive or cheap or like it's your job to make them want to buy this. So instead of having like it just say made to order, please allow five to 10 business days for production. That's a very like cut and dry way of giving that information. So as a consumer, when I first come to this, I love, by the way, I love the Sherpa jacket and it's corduroy. Like it's super cool. It's all mixed. It's very unique. So When I go to that and I see $180, please allow 5 to 10 business days for production. The way that that language appears is that that's a negative. It's not necessarily a negative, but it's not a positive. The way that you need to switch your copywriting Mm -hmm. on all of these made-to-order items is like, you know, made-to-order... To ensure the best quality, you know, like you need to add some language in there that helps people understand, like you're an atelier, basically, right? You are handcrafting this item just for them. And so there's language around that. And so instead of, you know, please allow five to ten business days for production, it is, you know, this item will take up to 10 business days because, you know, as we prepare, every Piece to make it custom fit just for you. Like, there are ways to describe this, and I would recommend going to websites that may do this already and seeing the types of language that they are using, the the way that they describe that process. Uh And a lot of those websites will be like the Made in America websites, probably, right? And, And I would go and I would just look at how they're doing that because boom, I go to this jacket and now I'm going to see, you know, it's $180, it's custom made to order and here's all the amazingness. And then instead of being like, oh, I don't know, $180, it's like, "I, I have to buy this jacket because it's made by Whitney and she's putting, you know, all of this love and detail into it. So I think that you just need to switch the language and help people understand the process behind what you're making and then the cheaper items. So like this comes back to like even the cheaper items that aren't necessarily handmade, like, you know, maybe if you're selling mugs or if it's notebook, whatever, they still, you still need a description that sounds fantastic, but you know, you just put a little less energy into the copywriting of it. But so again, like, this idea of you having all of these different lines is too confusing. When people come and you have a lot of navigation points, so you have home, story, shop, another shop, a portfolio, which has so many different. Whew, this dropdown is so intimidating. <laughs> that one's actually
1: my bad. And I need to update my. Uh, I'm still on the 7.0 platform. So once I actually integrate it'll
0: Yeah. Yeah. But so it's like remember, like short and sweet, uh-huh. keep it simple. Like that mantra of like kiss, keep it simple, stupid, is super important because also I'm on a desktop right now, but if I was on a phone where everything goes from horizontal to vertical, right. That your navigation would take, I'd have to scroll just to see the navigation words. So keep that in mind and I think your website serves you best as, you know, your story, shop, portfolio, blog, contact. Done. And when people go to shop, yes, they can shop all. And then you have these categories. And if there is a category that is empty, for instance, like if you just don't have scarves, you know, like, and also why is scarves not in accessories? I why I did that <laughs> I
1: guess because I got to the point where I was kind of I was going to honestly ask because I kind of felt like there's a lot in accessories
0: okay well you know what I'm going to do next click accessories so
1: yes no please do because there's some within accessories there's yeah. hats hats and earrings mm-hmm. okay earrings I usually have I try to keep a lot of those ready to go Mm-hmm. because it's easy to get them up.
0: Love the fanny packs. Thank you.
1: I felt I like it, it was just, I was like, I think this is a lot. And at first, I, when I very first did this site, people were like specifically coming to get scarves. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna,
0: mm-hmm. a
1: separate thing that is. Right. Me.
0: Okay. So again, my advice just comes down to, to ease for the customer. So think about the customers have been trained by the big guys, you know? So they're used to shopping on, let's say Nordstrom or Nike. And the goal with e-commerce is that your customer needs to only ever be one click away from something. So shop is very easy to understand. That's the shop. And then accessories. And you've got everything, like, Jewelry, scar, anything that's an accessory should go under that accessories tabs. Because otherwise, this just, again, seems like a lot of a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just want you to tighten up. The goal for you is to tighten everything up. And one of the best ways to do that is to really go to some of those popular, but I should say successful, larger websites.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And really take some time to surf them and understand how they present product Mm -hmm. and how they're selling. And granted, someone like a Nike that, you know, this might not be the best example. They've got hundreds of thousands of items. Right. But you can see that they've got their homepage, which has beautiful photography and gives you ideas. It inspires the shoppers. So on the homepage, like, first of all, I'm obsessed with the fanny packs. I just, everyone (laughs) listening, like... (laughs) if you like a fanny pack, you are going to love her fanny pack. So, you know, and it's summer's coming up, right? So it's like, you need to start thinking more like a larger business because you are, and you're going to get there. So it's like, when people get your homepage, they see you and that beautiful photography, fantastic. They scroll down and it's like, summer is on the way. Right. Bucket hats and fanny packs. You're, you're, telling people, like you're, you know, you're telling them that's what you should be buying. They scroll down a little bit more and it's like, find out the story behind why I started, you know, or find out more, uh, read more about me. Like you need to, you have to then push them that the homepage is the magazine cover. You need to push them to different places to go. So that's, I mean, that's all my advice for you, which is really that, I think you already know that you need to hire help. (laughs) You need to get some help because you're only one person. You also already knew in describing, you know, 25 minutes ago to me that like there was a lot of different stuff on the website. So you already knew in your gut that you needed to pare down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just telling you the ways to do that. So just tighten your navigation and don't have so many different pages to maintain because what happens is when those pages only have one or two items or zero items, it looks bad. But you already are a personality. People are coming to you because of your aesthetic, your look, your art. So you should be very secure in that. Now it's just tightening up this website so that when people come, you're helping them discover like, cuz this fanny pack it needs <laughs> people need to buy this fanny pack but they don't know where it is cuz they have to dig and search through your website so it's like just yep. help bring stuff up to the homepage you feature it every month change what the homepage looks like
1: Right yes
0: yeah and you're good to go I ju- you need to hire someone to help you that's the number 1 thing that you have to do
1: Yeah <laughs> Yeah that's true I think the current homepage is probably been up for like
0: 3 weeks now which is fine. Yeah. Listen, you're a small business owner. Like, <laughs> I was, I thought you were going to say three months. So I was going to be no, it
1: hasn't been. Yeah. Cause this is the most recent project.
0: That's great. Yeah. That looks great. This looks great because you already understand that idea of like hit them hard. When they arrive on the homepage, you hit them with something beautiful that captures their attention. But as they scroll, you know, you need to pull them into your story. And right now, I'm just going to say, once you get past those first couple amazing images, it's kind of a hot mess. Okay. The, the homepage keeps scrolling, 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 <laughs> scrolling. You have too much on there. Okay. So again, you are your own Nike.com. They would never have all of these different items on their homepage, they're going to tell you as a shopper what you need to buy. This month, it's this. Next month, it's a different type of thing. And also just remember to continually, continually tell your story on the homepage. There's, you aren't necessarily on the homepage right now. And so I want more of your story to be on the homepage because that pulls people in as well. Okay. I know you, you got my Instagram
1: open. Yeah. Yep, How I terrible
0: do. are... <laughs> Okay. Again, this is where someone helping you, like, and you know, you can go to Upwork and find people. You can ask on your Facebook page or your Instagram. If there's a freelance social media person, I would seriously invest in spending a couple hundred, you know, even if it's $150 a week, like whatever it is that they make per hour, times five, eight hours, someone should be doing your Instagram feed because I think someone who does this professionally will be able to help you tighten up and start to present you as an individual, but as a brand. Mm -hmm. You know, right now it's very much you as a brand and an individual. I can tell right now, like, so the photo of you right here in the purple jacket, Yes. Like, I knew that that was a professional photographer who took that photo. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it was in partnership with Intel. So, the difference between that photo, you know, and some of these other photos, it's night and day because a lot of these photos are you taking photos or video to show your your process and behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. You need to keep doing that. But... You need someone to be doing it for you so that the lens of it is a little less like DIY okay. and a little bit more professional. One thing, like if you do want to keep doing it yourself, the cool thing would potentially be to have an overhead view of what you're doing. If you could do top down, then I'd, I'd really see the handiwork of what your hands are doing. Right now, I can't tell. Because it's that angle, which you just prop the camera up yourself. I do that all the time, but I don't put that on the unique markets feed. Like, I, you know, I know the difference between trying to compete in a world of where everyone is on Instagram competing for eyeballs and doing it for myself. So I would say just getting, if you have a photographer, friend, if you have someone, again, these are things that don't necessarily have to cost money if you want, if you can do trade. So if there's a great photographer, you say, great, I want to do three photo shoots with you. And you make sure to get portraits of yourself in different outfits, different, you know, you buy your debt, exactly what Intel did. I know, you know what I'm talking about. They came to your studio, get someone to do that exact same thing, but then also shoot products. Also do professional photography of you making things. It's a, professional that's going to be able to capture that in a much better way that will form better on social. And now that social, I think, really can help push people to become buyers, that lens is really, really important, especially now that everyone is at home and you're not able to like interact as much one-on-one because I, I know that when you interact with people at fairs and markets you you're selling because it's your personality but it's hard to do that online so that's my I would say get a photographer to come help you and then if you need to hire a social media person to work five hours a week because then for those five hours they are scheduling posts so that you're not thinking about it you free up your time. Every week, because you're not like, "Oh shit, it's been a day I need to post something." right. Trust me and then you have more time to sew. you have more time to produce. you have more time to make changes to the website. there's the, you just need to free up your time a little bit and get minimal amounts of help here and there. Okay. and you're good once you start to implement that. <laughs> All righty. I hope that everyone who's been listening, yeah, visit her on Instagram at Whitney Manny. That's M-A-N-N-E-Y and WhitneyManny.com. And you can see all of the amazing items that she has. And it really is like some of these items are very much one of a kind. And I think that speaks to a very specific audience. And when I think that they, you know, who don't want to just be wearing Nike or J Crew or like these kind of mass produced items. So excited to watch you grow. Thank you so much. Yay. Today's top takeaways are number one, when it comes to your website, remember KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Less is quite literally more. Number two, your copywriting is so important, including all of your product descriptions. You have to entice your customers to buy your product. So instead of presenting a jacket, you need to present what is special about that jacket, especially if it's handmade and customized just for them. Remember, create ways to talk about things in a positive manner, not necessarily a negative or neutral manner. Example is shipping. If something takes seven days before shipping and you only state it like that, that could make the customer just like, meh, it takes seven days. That's too long. But if you present it in a different way with positive language, like this item is handmade just for you, so may take up to seven days to create, that's a totally different message. So remember, language is really, really important. And takeaway number three, think like the big brands, whether it's Nike, Topshop, Nordstrom's. Go to the big retailer websites to understand how they utilize and present navigation, uh, what types of offerings they have on their homepage, how they talk about their history and their mission and what they include on their product pages. This is all really important because this is what shoppers expect when they're online shopping. So don't try to reinvent the wheel or be different. (laughs) Give people what they're used to expecting and that will help you grow sales. If SOS has helped your business, I would love to hear from you. The best thing that you can do to help spread the word about this podcast is give us a five- Once again, that's five star rating and remember to leave a review. Honestly, that's probably the best way that more people will discover this great podcast. Also, remember to tell your friends. Follow me on Instagram at Sonia Rasula. That's S-O-N-J-A. R-A-S-U-L-A and you can follow my business at Unique Markets. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure to follow. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening.